0: All this was going on and I think people were also thinking, wow, what if there was an opportunity to bring a school here? If not just sending our kids off the reservation, but what if there was an opportunity to not only have this here?
1: Thank you for listening to Keynotes, Stories of Collective Impact, the podcast where we celebrate the incredible efforts of individuals and organizations driving positive change through collaboration. I'm your host, Marcus Chavez, and I'm excited to share part two in our series on the Growing Youth Futures Initiative. In our last episode, we discussed the history of education for American Indian and Indigenous children in this country. We also highlighted the U.S. Department of Interior's Federal Indian Boarding School Initiative Investigative Report. The report's findings shed light on the grim realities faced by Indigenous children who were forcibly removed from their families and cultural environments to attend these boarding schools, often facing abuse, neglect, and cultural erasure. We also discussed the current education options for students in Toyahawk, including being bused to Cortez Public Schools, about a 15 mile journey from the reservation. Today, we highlight the bold step taken by the tribe to upend generations of educational missed opportunities. The creation of the state's first ever tribal run charter school operation on an Indian reservation. So stick around to hear the story of the creation of the Cuyaga Community Academy. We ended the last episode with the account of Tina King-Washington, who is the Director of Education for the Ute Mountain Ute Tribe. She was recounting the difficulties many students from Toyok were experiencing in their education, the very same experiences their parents endured as well. She began discussing some of these issues with Peter Ortigo, who serves as General Counsel for the tribe. Having reached her wits end, she asked if there was anything that could be done to overcome these challenges that Ute Mountain Ute children were experiencing in their education.
2: So I started going to our attorney, Peter who was our general counsel here. I said, what can I do, Peter? What can I do about this? He said, start your own school. After about 20 times of him saying, start your own school, I finally said, Peter, if I'm going to start a school, are you going to help me? And he said, yes. I will help you. So Peter and I got to talking. We started working with other people. Tina
1: quickly began to assemble her team. She started with Sherelle Lang, who was a fellow at the Native American Community Academy at the time and is now the Community Wraparound Program Coordinator for the Ute Mountain Ute Tribe.
3: You know, she reached out to um, community members. She reached out to um, um, people within her department that worked with the schools and... um, can you know she connected and reached out to me and so that's where um, our team our design team was built there were um, I believe five of us and uh, we started
2: the work in 2019.
1: Sherelle wasn't the only person Tina reached out to
2: Ernest House was w- another one because he was here and um, he said, hey, I heard a rumor that you want to start a school. I said, yes, I do. I said, you know what? It's not fair what's happening to our kids. And I said, I'm tired of it.
1: As you know, Ernest is the director of Keystone Center for Tribal and Indigenous Engagement. He shares insight into how important having a local tribal-run school would be for the community, especially given the context of what students just experienced during COVID.
0: It's so important to see, especially maybe also I think about this often as coming out of the pandemic, you know, when kids were at home, and especially in a community like Toyok, if the wind blows hard enough down there, the internet's out. And so as a community that didn't have broadband access, then all of a sudden, remote learning is there at home. The community quickly mobilized to try to put hotspots in different parts of the community. All this was going on, and I think people were also thinking, wow, what if there was an opportunity to bring a school here? You know, if, if not just sending our kids off the reservation, but what if there is an opportunity to not only have this here?
1: Tina explains that it was more than just expertise that Keystone brought to the table.
2: Keystone has been wonderful. Ernest got on board the very first day. I can remember him standing there and saying, you know what, I'm not with the Commission of Indian Affairs anymore. But he said, I am with Keystone. And he said, let me see what I can do to get them to be a partner. And man, it wasn't even a month before he said, okay, I've talked to the board, and they are very uh, interested in helping you to become a school. And then he brought Melly in, and then he brought the RISE grant, which was critical, critical to what we needed.
1: With Ernest on board, Keystone was also on board, and we quickly began to develop strategic planning on what this community-wide education master plan would look like. This broad strategic plan ultimately became the Growing Ute Futures Initiative, And at just about the time that this plan had been developed and approved, a funding opportunity for the program became available. The state had just received federal funding from the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, more commonly known as the CARES Act. The state used some of that funding to create a $32.7 million grant initiative called the Responsive Innovation and Student Equity Education Fund, or RISE Fund. The RISE grant was intended to address K-12 and higher education equity issues caused and exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic. So, with the Education Master Plan in place, Keystone assisted the tribe in submitting a grant request from the RISE Fund for the Growing Youth Futures Initiative. Millie Hamner, a Senior Policy Director with Keystone, explains more.
2: Ernest connected Keystone with the Ute Mountain Ute Tribe in Southern Colorado uh, to help write a proposal to the Governor's Office for RISE Funding and uh, stands for response, innovation, student equity. in uh, the intent really of the RISE funds through the governor's office were to target communities and school districts and uh, most impacted because of COVID. The proposal was fully funded, $2.8 million from the governor's office in Colorado. And uh, one of the largest um, proposals um, awarded in the state. And then Keystone was contracted with, again, through the tribe with the resources from the grant to implement what we had put in place.
1: So with the design team in place, a strategic planning and implementation partner like Keystone on board and funding secured, it was time to put everything into motion. But there was still a steep learning curve that the design team had to navigate. Here's Sherelle to highlight how they navigated this process.
3: So that was the thing, right? Learning about what charter school is, what does that mean for Colorado? So one of our key partners in that was the um, NACA Inspired Schools Network out of Albuquerque. They had a network of schools they were already working with um, within New Mexico, but um, they were also reaching out to other indigenous communities. And so um, that's where we started learning um, what what it all entails to start our school here. The tribe submitted its charter application to the Colorado Charter School Institute
1: following a decision from the Cortez Public School District that would allow the new school to be governed by the institute rather than by the Cortez Public School District. Manuel Hart, chairman of the Ute Mountain U Tribe, explains what type of curriculum the tribe wanted at the school.
4: And we want to start our own school with our own curriculum, with our own language and our cultures and the traditions that we know and bring it back, revive it but also include today's curriculum of of the regular public school and combine them. That makes us stronger as our students will achieve a little bit more, have more knowledge of who they are, where they came from, but be ready for the future for tomorrow.
1: While the tribe knew that it wanted a curriculum based in culture, it still needed an administrator to lead the school. They found a great candidate in Dan Porter,
4: who could fulfill several roles in leading the school. Some of my friends from down here, from my years of working with them as a liaison and, and those other, uh, other offices I held down here, they said, hey, would you be interested in, we're starting a school down here, would you be interested? And I said, absolutely. Uh, I've, I've always felt yeah. a tremendous affection and, and uh, I don't know, connection. To the tribe so they asked me to apply i applied and got the job and that's why i'm here so
1: with everything in place the Cuyagat community academy opened in the fall of 2021 with kindergarten and first grade classes Cuyagat is the ute word for bear an animal of special significance to the ute people while the creation of the first ever Tribal Run Charter School in the state was a major cause for celebration, NEXT began the implementation of a curriculum that was meant to not only educate children and prepare them for the future, it also aimed to preserve and restore a culture that was rapidly disappearing. And Dan Porter knew there would be a lot of people watching, ready to dismiss the effort if it did not meet up to its rather lofty goals.
4: When it comes down to culture and and education, we are truly in a in a gray area as far as I'm concerned in my in my experience the beauty of it is we are that's the whole idea we're going to get the same academic or better process and progress uh, but we're going to do it through culture that is a huge challenge because this is a first-time program we have one shot at this is how i look at it we've got to make it work the spotlight was now on
1: kca and they had to perform or face closure but how would these students be measured and what progress could reasonably be expected from this pioneering venture On the next episode of Keynotes, we highlight the impacts of KCA.
3: The amount of growth that we saw was so heartening because it means that every student had access to instruction, learned more skills, and there's not one of our students who didn't grow at all. Our growth was bigger than that of other elementary schools.
1: Keynotes is a production of the Keystone Policy Center, a 501c3 nonprofit organization based out of Keystone, Colorado, which for more than 45 years, has empowered leaders to reach common higher ground. This episode has been made possible by contributions from the Valentine Family Fund. If you would like to learn more about the Keystone Policy Center, visit our website, keystone.org.